fellow ink drinkers, and welcome back to the Blind Girls Book Talk podcast. My name is Aria. And I'm Belle. And we are two legally blind sisters who love reading and love books. And so what we've done is we've created this show in order to talk about that. We talk about a wide variety of bookish content, and that can range from bad retellings of stories, book to movie adaptation comparisons, buddy reads, recent reads, bookish challenges, really, the list does go on and on. And today, because we're getting super close to spooky season, we are going to do our annual bad retellings of some Poe short stories. So this time around, I picked five. Two of them were very short, so it made sense to just get those done together and then kind of go from there. So there, the five that we are going to cover are Mask of the Red Death, Hop Frog, Shadow, A Parable, Silence, A Fable, and Never Bet the Devil Your Head. Now, as we said last time with the Poe short stories, Poe short stories are dark. Poe's work is just dark in general. So there may be some things that are a little bit more mature. We're going to try to tone it down as much as we can, but just be warned, you know, there could be some some sensitive subjects in this one. Also, spoiler warnings for these stories. If, you know, you don't want to be spoiled, you're warned. These are the ones that we're going to be talking about. So that out of the way, we're going to start with Shadow, a parable first, because that one is really, really short. And essentially... The bad retelling of that story is pretty much there was a talking shadow that showed up somewhere and it scared a bunch of people and it freaked them out and that's it. Literally it. (laughs) Hold on. Okay. I mean, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Shadow peeks into a room where seven men are nervously peering into their own reflections while a gruesome plague ravishes the streets beyond their fastened brass door. Yeah, no, it's just, for me, it was just, there was a lot of like, oh, this, and oh, this deity, and oh, that, and ah, uh, all well, these things. I mean, it makes sense, considering it's actually social commentary for cholera. Oh, well, that's post play of social commentary. Okay, well, there you go. Um, But yeah, it was a super short story, and it just kind of went through a bunch of stuff. It didn't really make a lot of sense to me, and then all of a sudden it was just like, Shadow comes in, talks to people. That's it. Okay, next. So the next one is Silence, and that is, it's called Silence of Fable. And so pretty much for this one, there was a guy who was just kind of like standing around And a devil comes over and is just like, so I met a guy before and I did like all of this really weird stuff like to try to scare him. He didn't really do anything. 
And then all of a sudden it got quiet because like I kind of gave up and the guy ran away screaming. And so the silence is, is what's going to get you, I guess. I don't know. It was a very weird story. Again, it was also pretty short, but like that be it. Again, it's pretty spot on. It really is just he wrote it just to like indicate the horrors that silence brings. Well, there you go. All right, so now we get to the fun ones. The next one is Never Bet the Devil Your Head. So in that story, essentially, there is a guy who's talking about this friend that he has whose name, his last name is Dammit. And he says that this guy was like a really bad guy ever since he was little. He got into all this trouble, all this stuff. And then it got to the point where he got really big into gambling. And his catchphrase that he developed was essentially, oh, I'd bet my de- I'd bet the devil my head that you won't do this or like blah, blah, blah. And, you know, the guy was just like, I mean, this guy's like a bad egg, I, but he's my friend. So like whatevs. So then one night they're out and about and they're walking home and the guy says, I'll bet the devil my head that I can jump over this bridge or post or something like he he was jumping over something and the old man shows up and is just like, do it, <laughs> do it. This is going to happen. And so the guy takes like some steps back and he takes a running leap and he jumps and he doesn't make it and he ends up falling and he's pretty much unalived by his head being removed from his body. Now, the guy who was with him said that he survived for a little bit, which I was like, how? But he took him to like a doctor and the doctor tried to help, but it didn't do anything. And the guy ended up passing away. And then in the light of day, the companion went to go to see like what actually happened, like what caused that to happen. And it turns out there was like a cross beam somewhere that just kind of like caught him like in the the neck essentially and that's how it happened and so the guy was like oh well that's uh bad luck and i'm guessing that dude was the devil and uh yeah that happened and so then the story ends with the guy paying for this uh for dammit's funeral and then somebody giving him more bills for it or something like that and he was just like nope forget that unbury him and sell him for dog food yeah i mean the whole thing is pose attack on transcendentalism what is that is philosophical and spiritual literary movement um the core belief was the is in the inherent goodness of people and nature and while society and its institutes have corrupted the purity of the individual people are at their best when they are truly self-reliant and independent. Mm. Yeah, I don't get that. I don't see that in that story, but that's okay. So yeah, it was a weird one, but I was like, that's 
kind of funny, though, how that all happened the way that it happened. Well, the whole thing of it, it comes in when talking about the many vices of the guy who lost his head. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because, like, he got a lot of chances, I feel like. Or yeah, he just to, to his like, mother yeah. flogging him. Yeah. Yeah. She was bad. Which is considered improper. Yeah. But anyway, so that was that one. The next one that we are going to do is one of my favorites, which is Mask of the Red Death. So, story starts on a kingdom that has this really bad plague. I kind of think of it like the Black Death in a way. Like, just from the way it's described, that's what it reminds me of. But they're in the middle of it, and the king, or the prince, he's a prince, I think. I don't know. He's royalty. The royalty of the place is just kind of like, I'm just going to lock my doors and not let anybody in. And he ends up throwing like a huge party one night. And it's a masquerade party. And he brings like a thousand of his friends, which I was just like, "Um, yeah, that's going to go well for you. Okay. So this dude, he's really good at interior decorating, apparently, and setting up a party. And so in this place that he's living, there are like seven rooms and each room is set up in a different color. Like, I think there's like a purple one, a white one, a blue one. I forget all the colors, but there's like seven colors. And the last room is black. All of the furnishings are black, except before each room, there's like a stained glass window that like shines the light in. And there was no black stained glass, so it's red stained glass with the black room. But all the other stained colored rooms have the same color stained glass. So they're partying it up. They're having a grand old time. And then all of a sudden, somebody shows up and the, the royalty guy catches him and he's dressed like the plague, like someone who's suffering from the plague. So he's really angry because he's like, you're ruining my fun. How dare. And he pretty much has people seize him to like throw him out. And the dude disappears. And it turns out that's like the actual spirit of the plague itself, I guess. And so everybody there then gets sick and uh, wastes away. And uh, that's the end of that story, if you know what I mean. Yeah, again, when it comes to Poe, a lot of the stuff is very straightforward, especially with, like, the overall. So, like, I'm really not going into, like, the overall, like, she missed this tiny detail of the plot because it's all pretty straightforward. And at the end of the day, it's only the analysis of it that's what's confusing. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, like, I'm trying my hardest to, like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> make some stuff up and i really can't because you can't because poe's very straightforward he is it really and truly is so so that's why i'm doing my part of just the analysis for example when it comes to this one the single tone rooms mm-hmm. are representative of the human mind showing different types of personality Okay. The plague is the typical attributes of human life and mortality, such as red is the most universal color. It can be used at any time of year. And it is technically also the symbol of life and death. 
It is the color for both. So pretty much the whole thing is that. Interesting. It's all mortality. It's mortality. Poe. Yeah, it's Poe. There's a lot of mortality and everything in his work. It it shows up everywhere. It's everywhere all the time, always. And then there is something to do with the room that the Red Death actually shows up in. I think it's the black room. It's the blue room. Oh, it's the blue room. It's the color most often associated with birth. Oh, odd. Huh. Poe's symbolism and all the stuff that he builds into his stories is not something my brain can handle <laughs> at the moment. No, Poe gets very dark very quickly. He also does a lot of, I'm going to make things this certain color when it actually means something. <laughs> yeah, this, he's weird. Poe has, oh. he's, a, he's an odd little man, but like, you gotta love the stories though. Stories are fun for the most part. Fun fact, apparently that story was like one of the, it was published in like the first gothic novel ever huh. to be published. However, I will argue that it's not, but I also can't argue that it's not because you have like the monk and castle of Udolfo. Uh, no. Oh. I can't think of it. I read it for my gothic literature course. Mm. Those are gothic literature. However, gothic literature wasn't termed yet. And technically they would have been counted as horror. Like Frankenstein and Dracula and... That jazz. Yeah. They would have probably been counted as horror. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. So the first actual gothic novel that's termed gothic novel Mm -hmm. had that story fascinating well all right now we're to the last one i save the best for last because this is probably one of my favorite stories the story is called hop frog okay so there's a king and he has seven advisors and they're all like just kind of living their lives just kind of chilling and one day they decide that they're going to plan a masquerade Well, the thing back then, according to Poe, was that the kings would have jesters, of course, and they would have like other such people, like kind of like serving people to help them to do like these planning. So the jester that this king has is a little person whose name is Hopfrog. And that wasn't his actual name, supposedly. Well, obviously it wasn't. But essentially, they coined that name for him because of the way that he walked, like there was something wrong with his legs. And the other person that was kind of in this meeting with them was another little person, and I forget her name, but she and Hop Frog were really good friends. So they go to plan the party, and the king is like, hey, Hop Frog, you need to drink this wine right now because I said so. And Hopfrog didn't really like to drink, but he went to do that. And he started like saying the wrong things, essentially, because alcohol, him and alcohol didn't mix very well, I guess. And so the king started to kind of get angry. And the friend of Hopfrog's went up to the king and was just like, hey, like, could you please stop? Like, things aren't going well for him. Like, if you can't tell. So like... Could, could we not? And the king like pushes her down and throws wine on her and is like, absolutely not. 
and gets real mad. Well, Hot Frog gets real mad at the king for that treatment. So he like kind of like snaps out of whatever was going on in his brain. And he was like, all right, I have the best idea for your costume. I want you to dress up as this like really weird creature that comes from my homeland. And the way that we're going to do it is the seven of your advisors and you, Mr. King, are going to be chained up together and we're going to cover you in tar. It's going to be great and it's going to be so scary and everybody's going to be terrified, but it's going to be great. And so the king is just like, all right, I'm down. This seems like a good idea. (laughs) So they get ready. They do that. And the masquerade happens. They enter in and essentially Hot Frog gets them into the middle of the room. He then like takes the chains and attaches them to like kind of like I guess the big chain where the chandelier used to be and he was just like oh everybody like hey like i know who these who this is like it's the king oh my goodness and all of his advisors isn't that funny and hop frog is kind of like hanging on the chain that's going up into the ceiling and he has a torch in his hands and he pretty much puts the torch to the king and the advisors And then has the chain like lifted up into the air. So they're just kind of on fire and dangling. And Hop Frog's like, ha ha ha, I got my revenge. Peace out, everybody. And he like jumps out the window and him and his friend run away together. And they are never seen or heard from again. Yep. I love this. I don't know why I love this story so much. Well, uh, again, the story is based on morality. However, this one is actually, I find this quite interesting because of As It's a Tale of Revenge. If you actually look at the story, mm-hmm. Poe wrote it to where Hop Frog has very similar background to Poe. Really? Yes. Hmm. Such as kidnapped from home and presented to the king, just like Poe was taken from his family and mm. given to wealthy Yes. Like benefactors. So yeah. Fascinating. So like it makes you think though that like is this his way of kind of getting back at yeah, yeah i don't think there was any love lost there from what i remember from our no, Poe episode he, he liked his foster mother he did not like his foster father which and it would make sense why it was the king yeah and it would also make sense because i think he was kind of very mean to poe and the wife yeah i mean that would track so i think that fits especially with the girl mm-hmm. yeah I, I am pulling a bunch of crap out of my memory. So, like, if I'm wrong... No, because <laughs> I, I feel like I th- I think that you're right. Because I know the big thing I remember from that was that John Allen didn't give him enough money to, like, go to school. Yeah, and also, like, it is another thing to note about the alcohol. 
drunk yeah. from one glass of wine. Yeah, yeah, because Poe couldn't, couldn't drink, drink either. Drink alcohol. Po, huh? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, again, I remember reading this story. I think I was, the first time I read it, I was in high school. And I don't know why. Like, I don't remember why. I was just like, I'm going to read a Poe short story. Oh, this one sounds interesting. Like, I don't remember, like, the steps that led to me reading it. But I read it and I was just like, something, I don't know, something, I don't want to say something resonated with me, because that's not quite right. But something just kind of stuck in my brain with that story. And I was just like, I'm, I'm intrigued by this. Like, this is a very intriguing story to me. And I reread it a couple years ago to just be like, does this stack up? And I was kind of like, mm, I don't know. And then I reread it preparing for this episode. And I was just like, no, it does hold up. It does. Yeah, I really like this story. Again, this is probably one of my favorites so far. Eventually, we're going to get through all the post short stories probably in this show, but <laughs> we'll have to go to his poems. Uh, <sighs> no, trust me, at the rate we're going, I did the math. It'll take us probably about like 13 more years from now or oh, 15 more okay, years. We're good. We're good. So we're, we're good, good for a good long while. We're good. <laughs> Unless I like make some like combine some because originally i only had four planned for today but because the shadow was sh so short i figured that i could pull another short one really short one in just to you know round it out so i am glad that i did that so there probably will be a few more like that as we continue with this but yeah i love doing these ones because it's just it's fun to sit and read the Poe stories and just kind of get in the mood for spooky season. Well, for Halloween, because it's technically spooky season. Well, yeah, but like... Well, after Halloween and November 1st, spooky season is done. Spooky season lives on in my heart. <laughs> Says the girl who's afraid of everything. I know, right? It's such a paradox. We love it. You love to see it. <laughs> Honestly. All right. Well, I think that's about all the time we have for today's episode. We want to thank y'all for coming along as we talked about these Poe short stories. We hope you enjoyed this. Of course, if you like this episode, if you like what you've been listening to, please consider following the podcast and sharing the episode with your friends. It really would help us to grow the show and we would appreciate the support those actions would give. Now, what are we going to be talking about next time? Give me a minute. Give okay. me a minute. Got to get Google Docs up. <laughs> uh, fictional men tier list. Oh, yes. The fictional, your fictional men tier list. <laughs> Dude, I don't know anything about this. Oh, uh, yes. Oh, it's going to be a great time. So we'll talk more about that next time. So we'll see you guys then. Bye. Bye.